0: everybody, welcome back to Top Bins with Twins. This is Luke here. And Paul? Apologies if I sound a little nasally. I've got a cold or something. Um did take a COVID test, so I was very um, practical about that. I do not have COVID, which is good. Love that. We do, we do. But um, like I was saying, apologies if I do sound a little nasally, but not much I can do about that, unfortunately. Yeah, you'll be okay, Luke. You're sojourn so through. Yes, yes, certainly are. Um. So, Paul, uh how's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, actually. I still don't know. I haven't looked on the FPL website to see what my game week rank was, which we can talk about later. But I'm going to look re- real quick. Well, let me briefly ruin the surprise. We tied on points this week. <laughs> yeah, both sitting at fifty nine on 59 a low points. Week. Um, not really a pretty solid week. There were areas where it could have been better. But ultimately very happy with the end result. Captaining Sokka would have been a game changer oh, for either one of us. That would have changed the season for, for both. It, it could have been great. It would have been a massive rank gain. But, you know, nevertheless, Captain Harry Kane. And oh, I'm out of the three millions. <laughs> this is a landmark moment. For 2.9, let's go. A big day for Paul here. He has finally broken through the glass ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm very, very proud of you there, Paul. Um, so yeah, like like we said, um, good week for both of us. We'll kind of dive into that in a little bit, but we'll do a brief little overview of some of the important games from this game week. Um, and yeah, so from game week twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, some of the biggest results. Which I mean, honestly, it was such an interesting weekend oh, in the Premier awesome. League. Awesome, it's uh, awesome week. Opening up the weekend, we had Newcastle um, winning on Friday two to one away at Nottingham Forest, with Isak getting a brace, looking incredibly well. We'll dive into some of the underlying later's numbers later on in the podcast, but he is looking like a viable FPL asset for the remainder of the season, mm-hmm. and honestly, for the next you know couple of years at Newcastle as well as they continue yeah. to develop, build, and also bring in more talent. He still to looks so young. He crazy. does, but it, it, honestly, it felt like a masterclass what he did on Friday. But, um, so moving on to the next results because we could, we, I actually could talk about that for a while, but, um, you know, other noteworthy results, um, at the bottom of the table, you know, a major win there for Leeds at Wolves. What a, game. <laughs> what, a a game. what a match! Not only was this a big win for them, but it was a quintessential Leeds win, I feel like. Yeah, dude, that was. Two red cards, stupid. one to a player, Nunez, who wasn't even involved in the game. He got carded. Got a straight red while being on the bench.
1: Love that energy.
0: And Lapetegui was not happy after the match, saying that he just wanted the officials to be better. He wasn't even complaining about them. He just was essentially saying, you're terrible. I I just I need mean, you to be better. I mean, yeah. I mean, that whole obviously just watching the highlights, I didn't – get the real live fill of how all that chaos went down at the end of the game. But just even the highlights of, especially when Somerville picks that ball up and he pauses for a good, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and looks up and sees Rodrigo and he's like, Oh, I can play this ball. The referee didn't call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun to watch. I was kind of watching it here and there on my phone when I could, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, one question to raise out of that is, is Jack Harrison an FPL asset? Is Rodrigo an FPL asset going forward? How about Bamford? I mean, there's a lot of questions here, and they, they have a pretty, pretty good run of fixtures coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we'll maybe look into a little bit in the podcast. We'll see if we touch on that or not. Yeah. But um, in other noteworthy matchups... Um, uh, Paul and I importantly, um, there was a goal each from Kai Havertz and Zhao Felix, Felix let's which go. was was good for us both. Um, that Felix goal got me so jacked up. Yeah. I was ready to run through a wall. <laughs> I I loved um Kai Havertz shit after the penalty, um, and then Grand Potter calling him out after the match. Oh, shut up, Grandpa! <laughs> we don't want to hear it. We, I love that. Yeah, honestly, it, I didn't have any problem. I think there's a beef in the past between the two Pickford and Havertz. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Maybe, I, I don't feel like know. there's Kai history Havertz's there. Just is full of shit so he is, and it's good to see him in good form as well. He's been one of the top performers of the last two game weeks, and I'll I'll talk about that a little later on. But um, and then you know to end the week we had Arsenal getting winning four to one at home um, against Crystal Palace with Saka with the brace and assist um, and as we mentioned earlier the best captain option throughout the course of the week by yeah. far from his performance today he he looked really good he was bright in really nice spots.
1: Yeah, it looked really good.
0: I mean, I think if you captain Saka, congrats to you because that was that was a good call. Look, you also forgot about the um, Antonio Conte game. Oh yes. Well, yeah, I t- mean, I guess I mean the game was important, but the presser afterwards was even more <laughs> interesting, we should say. Yeah, that was um Conte from from left field just dropping a hammer blow on the whole spurs organization. But the thing about it too. He was seemingly just being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think that what he said anything was inherently wrong. But in his position with his... Basically, he's just attacking his direct boss. That I don't think that's ever advisable for anybody in any job, in any ro- role capacity. Agreed. So, I mean, very bold. But, I mean, honest, I respect it. Like, I do respect it. I think that those were probably thoughts he had before he was appointed to the job, whenever he was going through that fill-it-out phase, see if he was interested in um, taking on the role. And it seems like those have only been confirmed once he's actually gotten there and seen it from the inside out. Yeah, I mean, they haven't won a trophy in 20 years. Right. And he's calling out his players almost on a name basis, saying these are actually performing and the rest of them just do not have a will to win. They, they're not you know motivated. And that hurt. He's, I feel like he has to have lost the dressing room at this point. Yeah. I mean, he has to have. I I think that's a point of no return. But maybe it's Conte. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, I think if he would have been fired, he may have been fired by this point. I don't know. I think that there's maybe like a mutual agreement that he'll, you know, finish out the rest of the season and that'll kind of be that. But at the same time, after those comments you'd have to think that the board or um Dan- Danny le- Levy is just wanting him out immediately that's what I, that's what i'm saying like uh, it's it's sunday night we're recording this he said that what was it last le- it would be i guess yesterday it was, afternoon it was on, here saturday, here, afternoon. on saturday afternoon saturday mm-hmm. afternoon so i mean it, if he's not fired at this point i think they're probably just going to ride out the rest of the season and then they'll mutually agree to part ways and on it a, seems the on, most viable solution right now. I, I think so. I don't know how it's going to play out. I wouldn't I be mean, shocked. I'd, I would have fired his ass right away. I wouldn't me. be sh- shocked if he wasn't the manager at the, by the start of the international break. That would yeah. not be, well, I guess the resumption after the international break, I would not be surprised by that. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But one final note on this is I feel like Southampton was quite lucky to get a point out of the match. With the penalty, those conceded mm-hmm. at the end, and then James Ward Prowse. <sighs> that penalty just, yeah. I, I felt, you know, maybe not entirely deserved, but once still again, once again on our podcast, shout out Kyle. <laughs> you lucky man. <laughs> you lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that saved his week. <laughs> It did, it did. Well, like, anything else we want to add about the games? This, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into other stuff and specifics. We will, but yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's that's that that's going to wrap on our overview for Game Week 28 actual results. Um, now we'll kind of move on to a segment of Red Arrow, Green Arrow. So, yes. here Let's we go. All right, it's time for our favorite segment, Red Arrow, Green Arrow. Yeah. The crowd goes wild. All right, so this week, guys, I am on a green arrow, and it feels so good. The best way to sum this up is Danny Rojos' quote of football is life. It also is death sometimes, too, as you all have listened to this podcast. Sometimes you just hit a greyhound, and it goes the wrong way. R.I.P. What was it, Earl. I think that was, yeah. He, he lived a good life. But back to your fantasy team, Paul. Yeah, on a happier note. So this week I had a green arrow sitting on 59 points total, giving me a game week rank of seven fifty two seven 752,000, and then putting me up to 2.9 million total, which honestly, for my first year playing FBL, I'm not entirely happy with it, but it's it feels good to break out of the three millions, you know? Yeah, no, I think that is good. We uh, we were kind of looking at your fantasy team earlier today, mm-hmm. and we'll do the same for mine as well, but there's a lot of lessons that we've learned this year that will you know, help us going forward and really make a difference, I think. Yeah, I think um, we actually kind of talked about this too, that sometime during the summer when we have that big break for um, just between seasons, we're probably going to put up some podcasts for people that are new coming into the game and kind of analyze what we did and what we did wrong. So I mean I think I think that would be a kind of a good little case study for people to look at. Yeah, and also along with that, you know, I think we're just going to have so much free time that we're going to be wondering what to do with our lives at that point. So, yeah. um, it'll not, be we'll it talk about it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't talk about it. that's for future Luke and Paul to worry about. <laughs> but I I think it is going to be a lot of fun for us to kind of come up with some new things for us to do and um kind of, you know, help inform and educate everyone else as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to kind of go through the players that perform well for you, Paul? Yeah, I will. Let me pull it up. All right, so this week, my <laughs> if you look at my back line, it's hilarious. So Kepa's on one point, Ben Mee's on two, Trippier's on two, Ben Davies is on one, <laughs> and then Sánchez on two. So I got nothing, essentially, from my back line, which is crazy that I got to 59 points. Well, up. I think this week, too, it's important to note. A lot of people blinked on they probably had seven yeah. or eight. So even just those one or two points can make a big difference. Yeah. But keep going with your Yeah, midfield. I managed to roll out a starting 11, which was good. And then I had James Madison on four points, which, once again, I think he probably was unlucky to, to not get a return. And then we had I also had Martinelli, who got me another goal, which... This dude is producing with a capital P. He's been on fire lately. He's yeah. played really well, really well. Yeah, and then we had Sokka, who was massive this week, 18 points, which should have captained him, but, I mean, I think hindsight's 20-20, right? And then Harry Kane, who was my captain this week, was on six points, ended up with 12 for me. Tony on two, and then my man, Felix, with eight points, with the goal contribution. With a beautiful and finish, points. hitting it off the post, just rolling it to pinpoint accuracy. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, that was that was quite the beautiful finish. I hope Chelsea can hold on to him for next year. Yeah, I really hope so too. I later. mean, apparently, I mean, throwing out the the money is not a problem at all for Todd. So I imagine he'll be staying there if if everything goes to plan. Yeah, I I mean, he looks like a v- great part of their attack. Like him and Havertz are building the chemistry, and I I think like I mean, last week I shouted out Christian Pulisic on this podcast, and. I I think that a front three involving him Havertz and Felix look pretty scary. If you're asking me, I agree. I think Pulisic did look pretty good. Um, he, the international break is probably going to be really good for him. He'll get two full ninety minutes. Hopefully, get some confidence. Uh, hopefully, I, a goal contribution. We're we're probably going to do a podcast maybe later this week or on the weekend kind of talking about the USMNT and we might have a surprise guest with us as well we'll see we'll see but Pulisic i mean i as a fan of him especially him coming off an injury i don't want to see him play 90 against El Salvador and Granada. we also have other baby eagles that that need minutes for the national team and Pulisic we know where he is in the national team he doesn't have to have those minutes i'm fine with him starting i'm fine with him playing But a full 90 just seems reckless and something I do not want to see. Yeah, I, I think it'd be good for his club form, though, to build that momentum, kind of get some time yeah, under his belt. Give him 65-70. seventy—that's fine. I am I'm okay, okay with that. that. I'm a, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but there is no reason, especially against CONCACAF bullshit teams, which honestly, I am going to get fired up if we keep talking about this because I am. We're going to do that podcast later right, in the right, week, right, so right. let's get back to FPL. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What what'd your team look like this week, Luke? Um, my team similar to you, fifty-nine points. Um, I actually did have some contributors from my back line. So I had Danny Ward in goal who was benched of course yeah. and then Gabriel with two points. Ben White with five with the assist which was very much so neat. I, I loved seeing that. Ben White assist to soccer. That was exactly what I needed. And then Emerson yeah. Royale played I think like 15 20 minutes. He barely even got on the pitch. Did you get one point? He got one it? point. I'll take it. I mean one point okay it works. Um, and then I had, um, cash from Aston Villa with the six pointer. Um, that was a transfer I made in this week. So I'm really happy that went well and it'll serve a good me transfer. well. It's a good move. It'll serve me well going into the next couple of game weeks. And he, I mean, he's not even on international duty, so I'm very happy to, you know, let's, let's give him a nice little blanket, you know, maybe like a couple of beers before the beginning of the break and. Really build him into fine form going back into the rest of the game weeks. I'd love to see that. What does beer have to do with that? I don't know. We want to feel comfortable. He's English. I feel like he's going to like beer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't want you don't want your FPL players in top form. I don't no, want my players hey, drinking hey. beer. I'm sorry. No, no. These guys are top world class athletes. If they have a beer or two, you know, two weeks before a match, I'm okay with that. He'll work it off. He's got plenty of time. I just want him to be happy. Happy and contribute. You know? Listen. That's what I'm looking for. I'm a case study on it. It's never just two beers, Luke, okay? <laughs> I know how this goes. <laughs> Sober March. <laughs> <laughs> inside it's going inside great. Joke. Okay. All right. So moving on. I had James Madison with the goal contribution, finally, that he's been deserving. Um, he, But then he got booked for yellow. So down to four points for him. Gibbs White only hanging on him right now for the double that's upcoming for them against Wolves and Leeds. And then Sokka with 18 points, amazing performance. Tony Blanks, um, Kane with the 12-pointer because I captained him, and then Kai Havertz with the penalty and the two bonus points. Um, so I'm glad he didn't get carded after his celebration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I really wish he would have. Yeah, but it's interesting. This is a point I kind of wanted to highlight is, what, what did you say your overall game week for this week was, Paul, your rank? Um, I think it was seven, seven hundred 700,052. Right. So we are... I was on 59 points as well, and my game week rank was 815,000. So it just goes to show the power of differentials there. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe the big difference there was Felix. me having Havertz and you having Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, there's... Other differentials in there, but we won't dive too much into it, but it just kind of shows the power of those differentials and how they can really boost your rank, even if you're getting similar points to everyone else around you. Let me tell you, Luke, I got some doozies of differentials to suggest later on. Oh, I'm excited. We should come up with a new segment. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Doozy differentials? (laughs) That's a little. That's, that's a little terrible. much. That let me confirm to you all that will not be the name of the segment. <laughs> but um, I think we'll brainstorm over the international break and come a back good to you. Start off. down a path. Some kind of differential pun. We'll see what we can come up with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm overall happy with my team. I did take a negative four, so really, I ended up with 55 points on the week. Um, still a green arrow. I'm up to about 2.1 million. And would really for I think my target for the end of the year is just to be below the one million yard line. Um, yeah, that's a good goal. I mean, I it's our, like I said earlier, it's our first both of our first years playing FPL. Yeah, and I I did play last year, but I had no idea what I was doing or what any of the chips were. You know, so this is my first year really playing. So um, yeah. it's been a lot of fun, and I'm already excited for the start of next season. Me too. Me which too. is how many only how many days away? I don't know. I don't know. I'll set a I'll set a timer don't do that I'll I'll just check it every day so um yeah, yeah but I mean that's pretty much the um, overview of my week um and I think that covers Paul's as well yeah maybe do we want to kind of in the next segment let's just go over um what our teams are going to look like during the next double game week because that's game week 29 it's going to be huge um with so many doubles I think it'd be kind of cool to highlight that for everyone and what we're thinking for our transfers or not Yep, yeah, absolutely we can do it. Let's um we'll be back in a minute. All right. All right, everybody welcome back to Top Ends of Twins. We are now into buy or sell. Bum, bum, bum. So, if y'all haven't been aware, the markets have been crazy lately. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of industries are struggling right now. And so me and Luke are here to tell you whether you should buy or sell these assets. Yes, we are the experts. But this is not financial advice. (laughs) This is primarily FPL advice. (laughs) This is fantasy Premier League advice, not stock market advice. Yes, if you are buying or selling on the stock market, we have no influence upon that. But if we're looking at these assets as if they are in the stock market, we're going to break it down for you. Mm -hmm. All right, Luke, who is your first? Do you want to do buys first or sells first? Um, I think what I'm going to do first is kind of overview my team that I'll be going in for game week 20. Okay, well, let's do that. We can, we can start off with that. I um, we line, that's fine. We'll and that. so that way it kind of prefaces what I'm going to be kind of looking at and why I'm looking that way. Okay, go ahead. Um, so the starting 11 that I will be putting out for game week 29 is De hey Angle. Um, First, let me highlight all the people that are going to double. Each person I mentioned, each player I mentioned now is doubling. And that's going to be a total of nine players. So I have De in goal, Dello, Lowe um, on the back line, Naughty Cash defending, mm-hmm. James Madison, McAllister, Gibbs White, Marsh, Tony, and Havertz. All nine of those players will be doubling in game week 29. So I will have, and then I also have Danny Ward on the bench, who's doubling as well but he it seems like he's out of favor so he i'm not seeing him as an option right now i mean have you seen him be a goalkeeper before <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of terrifying it's amazing but so then i have on my bench i have emerson Royale, ben white and saka and they're playing leeds arsenal is so that's something i'm kind of nervous about and it's making me question whether or not i should bench boost or not um but kind of inversely what I'm looking at here is probably trying to get Emerson Royale out. Good call. If I can get him out, I can get to a full team of... Not a full team, but 10 players that are doubling, right? And then what's making me consider even more so bench boosting is I can just put any players I don't want a captain on my bench yeah, and get those points, right? Um, so it's definitely an opportunity that I'm looking at some players that I would be interested in bringing in would be not shockingly Alexander Isok. Wow! after his performance. I'm shocked. Um, he had an XGI against forced of 1.52, which I mean, he, he looks so good, so good during that match. Um, another player that I'm not looking at immediately for the, this upcoming game week, the double, is Darwin Nunez. I really like the run of fixtures they have after 30. So they go City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and then after that they have a really nice run for the rest of the season. Um, So whenever I play my wild card, he'll probably be in that team. Um, And then I really like bringing Trippier back in. Um, The double... They have United and West Ham. That's going to be a bit difficult. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, it's 50 50. We know the United game. We know that what one, West yeah. Ham is. So. And that is United without Casemiro, too. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, two last ones that I'm kind of looking at to bring in for maybe Tony, perhaps, is Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest. They have um, Wolves and Leeds in the double. And then I'm looking at Dominique Solanke from Bournemouth. Um, and they have in their double they have Fulham and then Brighton, so mm-hmm. it's kind of some of the options I'm looking out there. That I think these plans will change over time, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think that's um, all that you said makes sense, Luke. Maximat maximizing this game week 29 is. You know, I think if we're playing a bench, if you're playing a bench boost out there, then you gotta you gotta get the most you can out of it. So yeah, I, I, I think I just you're going down the right path. I feel like it's a quintessential differential. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny. I'm just going to keep trying out these ideas and see which one clicks. Yeah, they haven't clicked yet. But um, for my team, I'm looking at um, Kepa on a double, me, Trippier, Madison, Tony, Felix, and then I'm bench boosting. So Matoma, Raya, Stupian, McAllister. But I'm sitting in a spot right now where... I've put a lot into maximizing this game week 29, and I've rolled a transfer, so I have two transfers going in. That's good. That's good for it's, you to have that. Yeah, for sure. I have flexibility so I can maximize this. So looking at it, though, I don't necessarily love this team for the double. There's absolutely changes I'm going to make. And I think number one is Ben Davies is gone. He's, who Do you have an idea who you're going to replace him with? Um, I think probably a Chelsea defender. I'd say Wh- Mo- Which one do you think? Chilwell, Rhys James, maybe someone else? I, I I think I would like to bring in Rhys James because just how the only problem, of course, as he's proven over this whole year, is that can he stay healthy? And with their Champions League ties involved, that worries me. But I also like, like we're going to take our time. I... I First off, I recommend anybody out there, don't make your transfers until the tail end. Yeah, that's, that's a very until good point. the absolute tail end, because during international breaks, you never know what's going to happen. And you really want to kind of wait for those players to get back to their club teams, their managers and mm-hmm. training staff have a chance to evaluate them, and then they do their press conference, and that's when you really yeah. will figure out what's going on. And so bringing that up, I also did not get a chance to watch Brighton in the FA Cup today, but I heard that Astupian got subbed off in the 46th minute. And he's about to fly to Australia and then have two games there. And then he's coming back, I think, was it three or four days before Brighton play their first game against Brentford in the double? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. And with him maybe a little bit coming out of favor under DeSarby and having that international break where he's having to travel so much. But, I mean, do we know? Is there a... A locked-on replacement for him. Is there someone who could come in and I? I don't think so. But that—that's kind of my point, though. I feel like he—he he will be playing at least one of those. So maybe not a transfer you want to make.
1: Possibly. I right? mean, I'm,
0: like I said, we're—we're. We're, I'm taking my time. We're going to see what happens. But that—that that he is in my head right now. He has a little flag beside, and I'm not sure what yeah, we're going that, to do with that. That does make sense. I get that. Okay, and so. I kinda hinted earlier about um some differentials that I'm constantly a quintessential about. differential? No. <laughs> An essential differential. Ooh, okay, another idea there. That's even better. So number one on my list right now, besides Reese James, who I think is a great option if he's healthy going into that. Jack Harrison. So if we look at Harrison, he's scored. I think he's scored or assisted in almost I mean, it, it's gonna be skewed now because they scored four goals, but I think leading into this game he it was like four like two goals. he had two goals and one assist going into that game and then he scored another goal this weekend. He's he's in the goals right now. He's not playing an interna- in the international break, so he's not gonna be injured. And leads we we know leads are chaotic. And I think he has he has a good he has a good shot to um to maybe pull off some points and Look at look at my game week game week rank this week when I tied on points with Luke and look That's at his. It's very true, yeah. Like we I, can, we can make up some ground that way. I think he might fall under the category of an experimental differential. Yeah, I, it's 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 more of a long shot. I I'm not going to disagree with you here, but I think my shout of Brendan Johnson is kind of the similar vein as that as well, where it's like these players who are performing well as of late. Mm-hmm. Um and but you're just not 100% sure. Like, Leeds, I think we've, we've both said this before. We feel like they are going to get goals. Yeah. But at the same time, we just aren't 100% sure where they're going to come from. Yeah, and, and another one, I think, honestly, I think Rodrigo may be a decent shout. He is, but I don't – do you think he's going to start over Bamford? I feel like Bamford is a better shout. But I don't – I mean, but if you look at – so, I need to pull in a midfielder for Mark. For maybe I, I don't I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Your brain it's, is very jumbled at the moment. Paul. No, well the problem is is that I have two Arsenal midfielders and I want to maximize this double, but how am I gonna take Martinelli out? I don't know if you can. Like that's the thing, I can't take him out. I'm not gonna take Sokka out. So I mean I maybe I just stick with the two Brighton ass I mean the two Arsenal assets in the midfield. Yeah. Maybe take yeah. Zinchenko out too. Yeah, and maximize that's Maximize it in the back. Which I mean, honestly, I I think just looking ahead at this at this double game week twenty nine, I don't see many clean sheets out there. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I, I, that makes sense to me. I think you know, looking at those games as you're saying, it's going to be difficult for teams to keep a clean sheet. Um, and I I'll be going with three defenders is my plan. Um, so I'm not relying on that clean sheet anyway. And the players I will have, I'm expecting either hopefully an assist or even a chance at a goal. So yeah. all of these I look at as an extra 90 minutes for that XGI um, opportunity to increase. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, for a lot of what we're talking about, actually, I think this is all very relevant. This is a good conversation to have leading up to this. But all this can change within a week and a half. It is Depending, easily can. depending right. on how... The international break goes so we're right. going to keep a close eye on it we're going to monitor it and but paul the opposite of a differential we have the little norwegian man erling <laughs> holland the little he's gonna step on you and crush you pun pun intended there he bags a hat trick and anyone barely even notices it's just yeah. it is insane how good he is he's mm-hmm. I think in the FA Cup match, you could see his strength combined with his athleticism. I think even the City players underestimate how fast and how strong he is at times. And you know, another thing is, he's a smart footballer, too. He is. I agree. Like people talk about his goals scoring, well, but he also, I mean... He creates so much space for everybody else just by his movement. Oh, okay. Yeah, a great, great example of this. After they played Leipzig in the Champions League earlier on in the week, mm-hmm. he was being interviewed by Thierry Henry um, and then Micah and um, I think Jamie, Jamie Carragher as well. Um, Don't forget about Kate. Kate, I, my, my apologies. I cannot forget her. Our queen. Uh, <laughs> but during the course of this interview, he was saying every instance that he remembered of his opportunities as Squirtles, and he remembered five or six immediately off of the top of his head. It just goes to show his, you know, the way he's watching the game, the way he remembers things, and that's only going to make him a better player over the course of time. Um, yeah, He's, he's kind of like whenever um, we take your um, dog for a walk, Luke, and you're walking him, and he's just kind of walking along. And then he gets a scent of something, and he just, just whips right across you, and just goes after it. You know, it's kind of like yeah. Holland is it's like that—that that natural instinct. The yeah. Westaco yeah. and Holland are kind of similar. Anytime there's a duck around, that instinct comes oh, out. Oh yeah, ready to <laughs> pounce. If you're a duck, be scared. Be a duckin. <laughs> Another pun. <laughs> oh. That was the best ducking joke I've ever heard. All right, Luke, I think this week, we've kind of already mentioned some buys and sells. So do you want to mention, we'll just both mention one buy and one sell and call it a wrap on this one? Yes. So I'm going to pivot a little bit differently here. And I think I'm going to take a team perspective on this. Yeah. Right. I think that out of the doublers, the best matchup is Nottingham Forest. They play Wolves and they play Leeds. They have the easiest double eyes. So wholeheartedly I wholeheartedly agree. If you are looking for major differentials, Forced is a team to look at. Gibbs White is an asset I've had for too long now, but I'm gonna ride it out through the double. Um Brendan Johnson is someone that's really interesting. He he's really overperforming his XG. Um, playing really well for them. And he, if someone's going to get goals for them, it seems like he's the one to do it. And yeah, these on the counter. These are some big matchups for Forced. If They really need to get some points out of this to push themselves out of that relegation fight that's just so tight right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, honestly, my the one buy that I'm going to implore people to take out is Sully Marsh. <laughs> who's surprised by that, but I think that pro Sully Marsh podcast on Luke's side. It is. And I think everyone knows that as well, but I think Brighton have a really good run of fixtures. Um, they have Brentford and Bournemouth. Um, and then it's possible they could double in 31 again. So you could have five games in the span of three where some teams will only have three. Um, so something to look into, but, um, I think, any Brighton asset you can't really go wrong with at this point. I completely agree. Maybe besides a stupid (laughs) who I have. That's true. That's true. He's like the only one at this point. Or or honestly, if you pick the wrong goalkeeper, that could send you the wrong direction. But besides that, all the attackers, whether it's Ferguson, Matoma, McAllister, Marsh, even you can make a case for Welbeck. You can make a case for Gross. I mean, don't forget the Irish striker, Evan Ferguson. Of the I, I said that. Did you? Oh, sorry. I, I just Ferguson. missed it. That's my bad. So you, you, I listen. listen. I listen. I listen. Good God. All right. Do you have a um, sell the week, Luke? If, um, if you don't have one. I can do my buy and sell it, and then you. I honestly think that mine is probably going to be Mo Salah for the next three weeks. I think hanging on to him. Well, really two game weeks, but... They've got City, Chelsea, and Arsenal back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That's going to be really difficult for him to get significant results, especially for the price you're paying for him. Um, yeah. you know, I just worry about his ability to you know, bring FPL managers the real value that they need out of him at, the, at his price point. So I would implore people, if you have Salah, maybe to look at someone else for the next two game weeks and then maybe bring him back for 31 where they've got Leeds, Forest, West Ham, and then probably a double in 34 as well. Yeah, I mean Salah ties up so much money. Like he, he's just so expensive at this point. And yes, he's if you look where he's at in the total points, he has returned to an extent this year. But I mean, for what you pay, it just it 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 doesn't weigh out to me to be a good agreed. And good I old. think you also see like a lot of people are gonna have to bring back Holland. So there's going to be some issues with the funding and how you actually are able to do that. So um, I think Salal is going to be on the back burner for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, do you, Paul? Do you have a sell that you would implore people to do? A you, sell. You said you've been reading the charts and analyzing the data. Give the people something that you found. Well, my sell of the week, and this is controversial, and this this could burn me because I currently have him, but I think. I think Tony right now is a sell. Okay, why why do you think that? So if we look at their fixtures, they're playing Brighton and Man United. And yes, I realize Brentford typically finds a way to get goals, but I think lately I just haven't liked the way they've been playing. And yeah, I mean they they beat Southampton, then they tie with Leicester. To me that's that's they also lost to Everton the week before. Like, I I just don't see the consistency. And I also think, like we've talked about, I'm at the point where I'm just looking for differentials and everybody in my league has Tony. So that's kind of my angle here. I mean, yeah, I I don't think Tony's a bad asset. I really don't, especially now that he's gotten over the hurdle of the yellow cards. Like, you know that you're probably going to... He could still be suspended. No, he could still be suspended. But you know you're at least going to get one game out of him in the double. So that... This is true. That checks out. But, I mean... He just does. He just the yellows for me. He just does dumb things at end of games, and mate, that's just who he is, I guess. But that's part. That's part of owning him. I do have to say, if I was a betting man, um, <laughs> oh wait, I just oh. lost my train of thought. Sorry, um, keep going. Oh uh, yeah, but so I, I think Tony this week's a sell for me. Um, if we're looking at a buy of the week on my end, I think we got to loan up on. I'm just going to go from teams here. I think Brighton over the double, and also, like Luke said, Forrest over the double. I, I'm entirely playing for this double, and Brendan Johnson is somebody that I am actually really interested in bringing in, which I I never thought I'd bring in a Forrest asset in this season. Mm-hmm. I did yep. not ever think I'd even consider it but like luke said i mean they obviously clearly have the best run of two games they they do have a good run over that that those fixtures they do and if forster scoring it's probably going to be gibbs white or johnson and luke may be owning both of them actually so yeah we'll, we'll see, s- we'll see about that one. So there's also a, i have also a half a half idea about um, somebody to bring in this week and that's patrick bamford why do you want to bring in old Patty? Cause if you watch him at the top of Leeds' attack, Leeds just somehow always tend to create goals in weird ways. But Bamford, there was also, there was a situation in their game um, against Wolves where Brendan Aronson <laughs> loved this dude dearly, but he had Bamford. He could have slid him at Bamford on yeah. his left foot. Bamford and he was shoots not one like like thirty feet over the goal. Bamford was not happy. <laughs> the absolute pain. yeah, yeah, honestly deservingly so. Like he, he should have had that ball on that channel. And I just think leads are gonna create chances. They're gonna hit people on the break. They're gonna just gonna create attacking opportunities. And Bamford, like has underperformed his XG massively this year. But maybe maybe it'll hit now. It might. I mean you you never know. I just think that my worry with leads, like I said earlier is I just don't know where their goals are going to come from, um, mm-hmm. so that that's just my fear there. Uh, part of the big problem with this double two is that a lot of the most popular assets, a lot of the most consistent assets, are not doubling, or if they are, they have tough matchups. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why both me and Luke are kind of here, like suggesting stuff that may seem a little crazy or different because the most consistent people aren't really available. To really shine in this double. And that that's a fair point. Um, I think that so looking at captaincy for twenty nine, oh, I man. think that Ollie Watkins is gonna be a popular choice. Yeah. Probably Brighton assets will be up there as well. Um mm-hmm. and then if you want to take a real punt, maybe James Madison with Crystal Palace and Villa. Dude, if he was on a good team, he would be perfect for this double. He, he would be great. But Lesnar beside him just look woeful and it's so sad. Yeah. They they really do. Um Yeah, I I think I don't think anyone's gonna captain a forced asset. That is you know, that would be a long shot. That would that would be that Good luck with that one if you do that. Yeah. Um and but, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe some people will triple triple captain, see if they can get something out of the double game week. I mean we all know it's really easy to get double game week fever. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is very contagious. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap for this segment. Um, if you guys have any questions about who you think should be transferring in, transferring out, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to um, provide some advice if you might need it or just, you know, yeah, bounce some ideas off. We're us. We're here so. for conversation. Yes, we are. We love the banter. So before we finish this segment, let's look at some of the statistics that stood out over game week 28. Um, For example, we had Alexander Isak leading the league with a 1.59 XG. This is quite impressive. I mean, he ended up with two goals, so he outperformed his XG, but really a good performance from him. Um, And then some other assets that would be important to mention in this XG. Um, Pablo Sarabia from Wolves. He ended up with an XG of .97. Well, duh, they're playing leads, that's why. <laughs> no go- but he's performed well for them since he got there in January. Yeah, um, He's someone to kind of keep an eye slightly on. Joking. Um, Harry Kane outperformed his XG with an XG of .78. He ended up with one goal. Um, and then, let's over the last two game weeks, this is kind of important to note, Isak has led the league with an XG of 1.93 with a total of three goals. Next, we have Kai Havertz with an XG of 1.85 and two goals. So both outperforming their XGs, performing really well. I think both will be hot commodity targets going into the double game week in 29. Um, so something to think about. Ivan Tony also had a pretty high XG of 1.57 with only one goal. So there's there's an argument there for Tony to, sell. to not sell because he's underperforming actually and should overperform based upon his track record. Um, we'll see. So, you know, just some stats there to look at. Um, it's some food for thought there, but I think these you'll see, especially Esock and Havertz, probably rise in price between now and the international break. And also... Um, see them transferred in pretty highly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll see Havertz is probably, at this point, he's probably a moderately brought in asset. Mm-hmm. But if you look, I think when he plays with Germany, he plays extremely well. And he's, I bet he gets a couple goals over the international break. I don't know who they're playing. I don't know their schedule. But if he gets a couple, maybe two, three goals for Germany, I could see him being one of the most broadened assets I just, I just by hope the he time stays. the game, game start next in, on April yeah. 1st. I just want him to stay healthy, honestly. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, Yeah, but that'll kind of wrap up this little analysis at the very end of the segment. Um, so we'll move on to the last segment and get back with you all shortly. All right. All right, guys, we are back. We're going to give you a of cup- couple quick little thoughts, and then we're going to wrap on this podcast and probably head to bed, because tomorrow's Monday morning and we got to get to work. Yes, we do. Yeah, but I kind of just want to talk about Chelsea coming into form, and what this means for us as FPL owners. And when I say come into form, I mean goals are back. As from a defensive standpoint, they don't look great right now. And there's a lot of transition between defenders, so as an FPL owner, I... I think they have two of the most attractive options of Reese James and Chilwell. But are we are they going to be healthy? Are they going to play all the time? That's a question mark that we're going to have to take a risk on. But for their attackers, I think they all they look like really good options. Especially, I mean, you have low-value options as Mudrick or Pulisic. I mean, if Pulisic gets consistent minutes, I think we're going to see that he's going to come into goals in this Chelsea attack. I also think Felix, as I've said in this podcast a million times, is a great option. Luke can attest that Havertz, I mean, three goals in three games, he's looking like maybe the star boy he was supposed to be. I mean, if we see Sterling come back on after the international break, I think he's also he's he's also a little more expensive, so maybe not the best option for our money. But he, he's a good opportunity too. So I think Chelsea is probably a team that we have to start considering again, which is a weird thing to say. Never thought we'd hear that. A month ago, right, Luke? Yeah, we'll we'll see how long the Graham Potter train keeps on putting along. Yeah. I think, you know, Chelsea fans won his head right now, but mm-hmm. um, I think, especially Zhao Felix and Kai Havertz, very viable FPL assets Yeah, in their attack. The other attackers, I love Pulisic. I really love Mudrick as well. I just, those him between him, Sterling, um, yeah, and uh, any other guys they have, you just don't know who's going to start amongst them, so Felix and Havertz seem pretty locked on in the starting eleven right now, um, and th- they'd be a great option for your team possibly if you feel like they're that's what you want where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is probably going to do it for us. I have, um, I have one, I have a, one more. Yeah, on go top. ahead, Paul. Go ahead and finish off. So for me, like I talked about this whole podcast, I've put a lot of stake on this game week twenty nine of the Bench Boost, and for anybody else out there that's doing that. I think we have to maximize our potential returns, looking for differentials. Mm-hmm, that's it's, true. It's this. We're getting down to the tail end of the season. I mean, we go to game week thirty-eight, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. we're this is twenty-nine. So after this week, I mean, there's only eight weeks left. If if we want to win our mini league or just raise our rank as much as possible, we're gonna have to try stuff. So everybody, um, keep your eyes out and listen to our pods, and we hope to guide you to the highest rank possible while we also get there too. I also think too that one of the most important things when you're looking for these differentials, do it in two different ways. Do an eye test, watch the match watch the match highlights, and then go and look at the underlying data as well. There's lots of great FPL stat sites out there that we'd be happy to share with you all that we found, and I'm sure some that mm-hmm. we don't even know about. Yeah. Um, but be sure that you're kind of combining those two together in a way that you know um you believe in you're confident but it's kind of rooted in the underlying data that indicates something like that is possible you so know? this is kind of where me and luke are different as owners i kind of look more for the eye test and i do like numbers behind stuff but i think luke mostly is numbers driven so i kind of like that we can give you a different aspect of both approaches on this podcast yeah we've got that qualitative analysis and that quantitative analysis so mm-hmm. um it's, it's a nice little balance for us, I think. Um, but honestly, that's probably going to do it for us here today. Paul, do you have any closing thoughts outside of what you just said? No. Once again, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if, like Luke said, engage with us on socials, um, our Twitter, we always, we're always tweeting stuff out. Um, if you feel like sharing it with anybody on the FPL, anybody that plays FPL or anybody that just likes listening to a fun podcast, send it and send it out. Share it with people. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, I think thanks for listening. We're going to try to do a couple threads between now and the upcoming game week um, to kind of analyze some of the players we talked about. So keep an eye out for that. But um, we really appreciate you all taking your time um, and really enjoying um, listening to this podcast. So thank you for listening, and we look forward to releasing a podcast later in the week. See you guys. Have a good week.